0: Um, can you give him a hand? Great, let me, let, me, let me pray and then I'm going to just get right into it. Father, thank you for this opportunity. It's a real privilege to be able to share your word this morning. And Father, I know you want to speak to us. You know us. You know what you're doing. And this morning I pray that we would hear you crystal clear. We bring our hearts fresh and we say, Lord, hear our hearts. Hear the deep places of our hearts. Would you make us so, so, so in love with you? Would you transform our worlds as we hear you? Amen. Amen. Good morning again. Um, good morning to those of you on the screen. And uh, I presume there are a couple of people outside, so good morning to you as well. Um, yeah, when I when I said it was a, a privilege, I, in the middle of worship, I was I was literally having this thought. I was thinking, how do I get the opportunity to actually share in this context? It it almost it feels first of all for you guys to get like this captive audience who will actually listen, and when I tell jokes, we will pretend they're funny. Um, yeah. It's uh, you see there I go. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a real privilege to be honest. But in all seriousness. Uh, I don't take it for granted. Thank you for being able to share. And, and also, to I was feeling really grateful to the Father to be able to share this word. So uh, as I share, I really hope you'll hear Jesus. I don't mean that as a throwaway line. I really pray you'll hear Jesus. So uh, the word today is called the word bears fruit. Hopefully it'll bear fruit. The, as, a, as a way of starting, imagine if I said to you, I want to share a message this morning on obedience. Now, there will be a couple of really zealous people who will go, okay, bring it on, hardcore. But a lot of people will be going, obedience, okay, okay, okay. Let me put on my helmet. <laughs> Let's get over with this. Um, or, like I remember a couple of years ago, I was a little bit younger and a little bit more um, brash. I, I, I remember going to a church and said, because I had been there the year before, and I said, this morning I'm coming as a fruit inspector. I want to find out what you did with the word I shared last time. Uh, Not not a way to get the the people listening to go, here's our hearts, we're listening. Um, But what if I said to you, I want to share a message with you this morning on how to really live life to the full. Or how to have the fullness of joy. But what if I told you that those two are the exact same Let's, let's, get into, let's get into the Word today. Sorry, my tablet keeps playing games with me. There we go. <laughs> snake. I date myself when I say snake. Um, John 15 verse 1 to 11 says this. If you guys can read with me. It says, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anybody doesn't abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Can you hear that? Immediately, right, from the, right at the end of that, you see, Jesus, my whole purpose is that your joy may be full. Now, before I get into the metaphor, your, your, your brains are probably already in the, the grape vines with branches and vines, and, but, but let me, let's start with the context of the person speaking and the people listening. So this is Jesus speaking, right? And one thing you will know about Jesus when you read the scriptures is this. Jesus is so full of life, but like so full of life, as Jesus goes around, he's full of passion. He is so himself. I, I remember hearing a song the other day that says, there's never been a man that's more alive. Mm. Isn't that a wonderful description of Jesus? The most human human that ever lived. And, and, and people recognize this. It was so obvious. I mean, children followed him. You know, some of the depictions of Jesus in the movies about Jesus, you, you find children sitting on his lap and laughing and, and feeling his beard. And I, I think that would have been accurate. But not only did Jesus love him, grown-ups did too. You find, you find peasants following him around. You find some of the most hardened criminals going, Jesus, would you come to our house? Would you come to our party? And, and these are not people, these are not like, you know, the, the nice church folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the people that you, your mom warned you about. Yeah. You know, and, but they absolutely adore Jesus because he was so full of life. But the religious people loved him too. They would throw a religious festival and they'd be like, Jesus, come and be the guest of honor. It seemed everywhere Jesus went, the crowds followed him. Even his enemies were like, who is this guy? Because there was energy, passion, life. Jesus was so, so, so alive. And Jesus is about to go. He's about to go to heaven. He's about to die and go to heaven. But, but he's sharing with his disciples. And, and, and in a nutshell, this is his words from this passage of Scripture. He's going... I'm so full of life. Come and get some. Come and get some. That, 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 that aliveness, that true humanity, I'm sharing it with you. That's, what, that, that's why he's talking about the vine and the branches. He's going, okay, you see, the life that's in me, it's not just for me. It's for you. Yeah. In Jesus' own words, he says in John 10, he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, you know, your life is getting smaller. But I came... That you might have life and have it in abundance. That is Jesus' own job description. He's saying, this is the purpose of my life, that you would really live. Come on. That you would really, really live. You know, if I was to ask you the question, how alive are you? How's, how's, how's life going? You know, in a room like this, there's all sorts of things. For some of you, it's easy. You might go, okay, I'm, I'm here all dressed up in nice clothes, but if I were to be really honest with you, not very alive. Maybe that's the reason some of you guys are here, maybe. Maybe life, maybe the deadness of certain situations is so caught up with you, you go, well, I just need to try something. And can I say that, that if, if that's you, that is a most fortunate place to be. I, I remember a few years ago in Stellenbosch, I was... <laughs> I was—I think I was in my 30s, I think. Yeah, I was definitely in my 30s. Um, <laughs> and uh, this older guy comes up, and, and he's a professor, like a, quite a high-powered professor, like one of the top in his field in the country. And he comes up, and then he just starts bawling snot. Kind of like, you know, the, the kind of bawling way. I'm like, don't you want, like, an older guy... And he just starts, I mean this guy has no shame now, he's just pouring his heart out. Turns out he had gotten into drugs and other ladies, and, and his wife was there, but she, you, could, you could spot her as the different person in the room, arms folded, a scowl on her face, like a, like a reprint of Lamentations, you know, like she'd been baptized in lemon juice. Um, and, and his wife hated his guts. So this guy was rock bottom. But I couldn't help thinking that somehow he couldn't have been in a better place. Because when I ask the question, how alive are you? Some, some of you guys are thinking philosophically, what do you mean by life? <laughs> and, and, and you know, when I read the scripture, can I tell you what? You and I desperately need more life we desperately need more life it's you're addicted to life do you know that it's a little bit like when you like you're addicted to a if you want to find out that you're addicted to a get in a pool and go under in a in i want to say a few minutes but that's maybe stretching it you will come up longing for a you needed it all the time but you just didn't know how desperately and life is like that you are desperate for life and 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 you, you know your whole life you might not call it that but you'll be searching to be truly alive you know sometimes when i hit 40 i remember looking back at m- my life and i remember sorely tempted or definitely sometimes making some really crazy decisions and my brother ever the ever the really tactful person said are you sure you're not hitting a midlife crisis?" But it was that thing, we're made for life. Come on. And so, Come on, this, this is a message about life. Now, I'm going to go into three words from this passage of Scripture that we've just shared. And these three words are how to truly be alive. They're, they're really simple. Um, and so the first one is hearing. I remember <laughs> watching a, a preacher once, once mentioned a movie, and I went to watch it, and one part, really, I've watched the clip so many times, and it's, it's where this guy goes, he keeps going, inconceivable, inconceivable, and the inconceivable keep, keeps happening. And so eventually, the other guy in the movie, is this uh, Spanish guy, he goes, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. And, uh, when, you know, this series on abide, right? We've been using the word abide. And, and to be honest, it's a word that I don't think most of us kind of go and be like, oh, I was just abiding with my mom. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not our language, you know. It's not like, come and abide for dinner this evening. It's, it's not that kind of thing. So, I just want to define it so that we, we, we get the heart of it and in other versions, it says words like remain, dwell in, and stay connected, right? So how do you abide? Because that's what Jesus is saying, isn't it? He says, how do you have life? You abide, right? One of the ways you can move this archaic word into our hearts is you can hear. I say the word hear, and you, 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 some of you guys are hearing me, but some of you are really hearing me. Let me let me explain what I mean by here. And this is probably in this is one area that I get really frustrated. Um, I really do because let me let me be honest with you. I hear a lot of people go, "The word is so important. We need to read the word. We need to." And 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 sometimes I want to be. I don't want to hear about how important the word is. Uh, Carol and Andrew, before you get the bounces, I'm going somewhere. Um, I'm a word person but I'm really, really tired of us putting it on a bumper sticker, putting it on, you know, writing it in little notebooks and all these fancy fonts, and yet I see very little connection between the life of God and the so-called scriptures that we value so much. And I think it has a lot to do with how we actually hear. Let me give a, an illustration that, that will really help you, because most of us have seen young kids and seen how they respond, right? So, so often, uh, my niece and nephew, Noah and Tice, they'll go, Noah and Tice, go and brush your teeth. Zero movement. At first, I used to think, do these guys have a hearing problem? I genuinely used to wonder, oh, are they a little intellectually slow? <laughs> On the third time, there's kind of a, like a little movement, a grumble, 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 eventually... No entice. Wash your hands, there's ice cream. They're there in two seconds. You know, And, and, and you know, if you stop telling them to brush their teeth, you know what will happen? In a couple of years, they'll have no teeth. Because the idea of brushing their teeth is not in their hearts. It's not something that they've braced. they don't own it yet. Left to their own devices, they would eat ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and supper. They would sleep at 1 a.m., that, that, that's the reality of children, you know, and I, I think so many of us, to be honest, this, this scripture is a little bit like that. It's, 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 it's this kind of thing which, okay, you read it, oh, I think it said this today. Oh, I think it said that today. Okay, I'm going to adjust. Two months later, it's like, oh, I need to read that again. You know what? I think it has something to do with the way we're hearing. In, 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 in 2022, can we, can we make a commitment to really hear? Not because it's good to hear, it is good to hear, but because that is the way to life. Yeah. You know, Jesus, Jesus said this once. He said to, to, to people who he was walking with, he said, um, the words I speak to you, they're spirit and life. In, another, in other words, the thing we most need to do in life is we need to hear God. Yeah. We, we, we need to read the Bible, we need to go to church, we need to hear sermons, but we need to hear him speak. You know, a couple of times this year, I've been in my room and I've been like, in moments where I feel like God has suddenly spoken. It's almost like the clouds parted. It's almost like literally everything in life for me has changed. And so I've been going, God, why do I sometimes hear? And why do I sometimes just hear? And, uh, you know, it has something to do with a couple of things. You know, the the proud heart. The proud heart comes to the scriptures and it's coming to debate. It's coming to get some more knowledge. You You can't make yourself hear God, but you can put yourself in a situation where God will speak and you will hear. Or the distracted heart, you know, the heart that's going at 200 miles per hour. Guys, we're not too busy to have life. And, and, and the, the third one, which really is a big one for me, is the undecided heart. You know, the heart that goes and reads it, intellectually kind of gets it, but it's not made home in the heart. Do you know, you know the way Jesus wants us to hear? Jesus has a way of speaking. You, you know this from the times you've heard Jesus speak. It speaks to your intellect. You find yourself going, oh, how did I ever think differently? And it speaks to your emotions. All of a sudden, you know there are some times when, you, when you're so wrong, but you're so happy to be wrong. Yeah. Because it's, it's just like there's, the conflict is broken suddenly, yeah. and it speaks to your will. Because all of a sudden, you must do something. Yeah. It's a completely different way of listening. Because, you know, Jesus speaks to our true person. Do you know that the enemy comes and he, he, you know the enemy speaks from the word sometimes when you're reading it? And he goes, oh man, I can't believe you've been living so low. I, I think you need to fix it now. Fix it, fix it, fix it. Jesus goes, come, let's reason together. Let's talk about this. And then he convinces us, and then our hearts begin to feel what he would feel. We begin to see how he would see, and we begin to desire to do what he would do. It's like a complete conversion of the heart. You know, too often we try to fix our behavior, but Jesus is after our hearts. If we can truly just let that word dwell, if he, when he speaks, make room. Yeah. It will begin to do something. Second thing. Second word is believe. <laughs> you know, believe is a... Belie- I have a, a, a love-hate relationship with the word believe. Partly because, as a, as, a, as a Christian, I've heard the word believe used so often. But <laughs> believe, when it's taken like it's meant to be, can be such a powerful word. Let me, let me read two scriptures for you. We'll read both of them, and it's, it's from Proverbs, and, and, and it's, it's, it's really tied to this message. And it's, it's from Proverbs 9, and the picture, let me paint the picture before we read the scriptures, is of two women. One is wisdom, and one is folly, or foolishness. Now, this is really talking about how do you truly live? Listen to the words, and allow your mind to see the picture. The woman wisdom, and this is synonymous with Jesus and his word. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants. She calls from the highest point of the city. This is what she calls. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I've mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Counseling us, saying, okay, that relationship you're in, how's that working for you? The way you're approaching your job, you know, putting in four hours worth of actual work, how's that really working for you? Proverbs 9 verse 13, this is another woman, and this is on the other side. And you'll see why this is important in a second. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of a house, on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious, but little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Can you see the contrast? One is offering life, one is offering death. Now, but let me explain something to you. So a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, like maybe, maybe a month and a half ago, I was at the Howe train station, and this, this lady came up to me and said, is this train going somewhere? But let me describe her to you. To you. Like her eyelashes, fake eyelashes, were so long. When she batted them, I- I'm sure there was a breeze going. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was, there was. It was just like, I mean, she was done up like, who knows? And she just kept batting those eyes. At first, I thought she got something in her eye, and there was, and and our entire behavior, you know. At first, I thought she was just asking for directions. Gave her directions, went and sat somewhere else. She came and, and then when we got on the train, can I sit next to you? And she was like, and I was just like. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait! But, 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 it was so like—I mean, there was nothing was hers—not the hair, nothing. I'm—I'm I'm pretty sure if I met her another time without any of that, it would be a complete stranger. So, I wasn't that. There was no moment where I was like, "Ooh, I, w- I must get your number." None of that. Um, and you know, many of us think of this woman folly, and we think, "Oh, I'll see it coming." no 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 no. if that's what you're thinking see the pictures of two ways of living you know the thing about 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 a particular jesus goes come he talks to us in the scriptures his voice is about all of life it's not just about your sunday going when he says how do you find success he's like Come, let me teach you what real success is like. See, the problem with the woman folly is that if you notice in the pictures, both of them have their houses on the high spot because both of them are really out there. And she's very direct, the woman folly, but it is so seductive because everyone is going in that direction around you. So it doesn't feel strange. It doesn't feel like, oh, look at those eyelashes. It's like, hmm, I'm a Christian, but you know, I've been waiting for 15 years for a spouse. Jesus understands I'm, I, I need to make a way. <laughs> you know the number of people who've tried to hook me up with unbelievers. And I, I'd be lying to you if I just thought it was. I never, ever considered it. Especially when my, my brother-in-law goes, Look at her. I was like, "Hmm, not bad." <laughs> but ultimately, you know, the voice of Jesus speaks into every single area. The ways people operate at work. If you're not actually listening, you will, you will This will be so normal for you. You will look just like everyone else. You're not know, part of why. If I say Jesus is offering you life. You'd be like, of course, who would turn that down except folly is offering you death that looks beautiful. It looks like life. And the question is, will you be all in to this life? You know, here's the thing I'll tell you. You know what? You know the reason why reading the scriptures is so, so, so important? Because if you don't hear the voice of wisdom, the voice of folly will slowly draw you. And it says the dead don't know that that's where they're going. Because you'll be making decisions about your life, they feel great, the logic of it makes complete sense. You're like, you will be happy, but you won't be alive and that's a big deal. I mean, you know it. You know those moments when when you when you've got everything you've wanted but you feel Did you guys notice in the passage it says without me you can do nothing? Uh-huh. Of course there's plenty of things you can do, right? But it's nothing if it's not done from the life of God. Good. Good. Let me finish with the last word. And the last word is the word obedience. You know the word obedience is a is a is an interesting word. Like it's like like believe uh, I've had a, a love relationship, love hate relationship with. Let me let me be honest with you, okay? Really really honest with you. time, <laughs> bro. Yeah, I I know it sounds like I haven't been honest up to now, but I just mean that I'm I'm gonna go a little bit deeper here. Often often I'll go and I'll, I'll hear people going talking about uh, messages in obedience, and they'll speak and they'll be like, the word of God is to be obeyed. And something in me goes, oh. And can I just say that as real as that response is, it's completely missing the heart of Jesus. Because you know what Jesus is actually doing? You know, we sometimes feel like we go to a sermon of obedience and Jesus wants to get something from us. But in this case, he wants to give something to us. Here's a simple, simple, simple thing. Simple idea. Remember I spoke about Jesus being so alive. Did you guys notice in the scripture, you probably didn't because I read it relatively quickly, that the words obedience, fruitfulness, and love were all used in that same portion of scripture. And this is the simple explanation for that. When you are truly alive, when Jesus is abiding in you, when the word is doing its work, when your heart is converted, when you're listening to that woman wisdom, when your life is structured around the life of the spirit. Obedience is coming from the inside out. It, it's it's who you are. It's not it's not become this thing where you're like, do you guys let me let me use one simple simple example? Most of you who are teenagers at varsity would have heard this, where people go, Of course you have to try all the flavours. Or this subtle idea that settling down with one person is really limiting your options. But what about if someone was to tell you that that thing, that marriage, that marriage where the two of you are totally committed to, that that is the only way to be truly happy, and you were to believe it. All of a sudden, the other thing, all those other people, the woman at the work canteen, the guy who is is your personal trainer, whose uh, biceps are bigger than my thigh, (laughs) lose... Their appeal. And, and, and you know, do you guys know Jesus was never conflicted? He felt temptation, but you know what was happening in his heart was this deep desire. His natural instinct was to do what was right, good, to live selflessly, to serve, to love others, to forgive. That's who he is. And he's saying, come, let my words produce the same effect in you. So we're not dominated by sin management. Come on. Repentance is this beautiful stepping into more of who we truly are. That's right, that's right. It's, it's, it's coming alive. Do you know the most miserable person, and, and, and I know this because I've been there. The most miserable person is the person who thinks, I'll have a little bit of folly, a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of folly. It's, it's, it's a terrible world. Because you're never truly alive. But when you step right in and you go, this area of my life, Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I, I'm not living as I should. Yeah. Make me come alive. Speak to me. Amen. You take the word. You start there. I will end with this bit of scripture because it's, 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 it's really important. Psalm 40 verse 6 says, and this is speaking about Jesus. This is a messianic uh, thing. It's so clear in the scripture. You take no delight in sacrifices as offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come. As it is written about me in the scriptures, I take joy in doing your will, my God. For your instructions are written on my heart. You know, even the difficult things. You know, as much as Jesus suffered at the cross, it was his joy to die for us. He was never more alive than when he was dying for us. And you hit some impasses and there's some things you go, okay, Jesus, I need to step through this. Because I believe by faith that my greatest joy is on the other end. And Jesus goes, I died for you. Of course I'm coming to bring you alive. I'm teaching you to love the things I love. To think the way I think. And to act the way I act. The last thing I'll say is if, if you find yourself... Either separated from Jesus, as in you're not a believer, or you find that you're a believer but so much of your life is full of death because you've made some choices that you shouldn't have made. Jesus is not coming, going, enjoy your death. He's saying, No, come and live. So as I pray for all of us and ask that we would hear Jesus' voice in the Scriptures, that it would bring dead parts of our lives to life, Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray for those who either know that deep down in your heart, you're dead, you've never come to life in the first place by following and trusting Jesus. I'm going to pray for those people. I'm going to pray for those people where you feel like there's so much death around you in your life because of the choices that you've made. Jesus loves you, and he wants to bring life. And for the rest of us, I'll also pray. So I'll pray briefly, but Jesus, yes. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the Prince of life. Everything that you do is alive. And Lord Jesus, I pray for every person who is listening right now, and they know they need you as their life. They've lived on their own terms. They've lived in sin and death. And today they choose to put their faith in you. Jesus, I pray that you would bring them to life as they hear you speaking into their hearts, as they hear you say, Come alive. And Jesus, I pray for every person who's made many decisions that have drawn them away from you. And they feel lost and in the pigsty. And today they want to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I choose to live for life. Jesus, would you bring them to life? And Jesus, the rest of us, we we bring ourselves and we, we respond to your offer of life and we say, Prince of life, yes, yes, we choose to take you seriously. We choose to believe you. We choose to listen to your word. We choose to be all in. In your name. Amen. Over to you.